0: The Insurance and Injury Law Show, one Injury Calculator. You can check that out at InjuryCalculator.ca. And we'll get to another website called FightForMyLTD.com as well. Lots to get through today. Uh, Savan, first, so we always start with the week that was. How was it? How was it?
1: It was an excellent week, John. Good, excellent because uh, we were able to help a lot of people, people who have uh, had issues with their long-term disability claims, people who have been injured, unfortunately, but we've been able to give them good advice. Uh, to uh, set their on their way and they can decide how they want to proceed with their claims. Let's start off with a few specific cases that I've chosen from this past week. So here I have this lady from Ottawa. Uh, it's a long-term disability case. She's 38 years old, project manager, earning close to six figures. Mm-hmm. She went on LTD, long-term disability, back uh, in late 2015 due to chronic migraines and a cluster of headaches. Now, she's at the end now or she's approaching the end of the two-year mark. The insurance company uh, told her, the adjuster told her that in the LTD contract, the policy, uh, that it doesn't say that they're obligated to pay her after the two-year mark of being on LTD. Remember, this is what she's telling Mm -hmm. us over the phone, right? She's not a lawyer. She doesn't understand. This is what she's been told by the adjuster. And so she's been told that on October 13, she will be cut off LTD. And of course, she's very, very um, uh, concerned with this because it means that the money will start coming in and she's now ready to go back to work. Her doctors have not approved her to go back to work. They say that she's still disabled, unable to do anything at this point. Now, she doesn't have anything in writing from the insurance company. Uh, This is just all verbal uh, through the phone. So, you know, what do you do in a situation like this when you are told that in a few months' time you are approaching the two-year mark of being a long-term disability and you will then be cut off. The insurance company doesn't have to pay you beyond that two-year mark. So let's break that down for people out there who have LTD claims and are in that situation or know people who are in that situation who are panicking. First of all, don't panic. Everything to do with a long-term disability claim starts and ends with the policy. The policy, the LTD policy, and there's going to be a policy, is the contract. It's the contract that governs the relationship between the insurance company and the person who is on LTD. So we have to look at the verbiage of the contract. Now, you do have some LTD contracts out there that are for a specified period of time, two years, five years, 10 years. The majority of LTD policies are Carrying you, assuming you qualify, to age 65. So you can be 38 years old, you can be 45, 55. Most of these policies will take you until age 65, with the rare exceptions of some that will take you beyond that. Okay, so when an adjuster tells you you will not qualify beyond the two year mark, the policy doesn't provide that you are going to get paid. That doesn't automatically mean that you are not entitled to LTD payments beyond two years. What is often lost in translation is that. In the majority of policies, LTD policies, the definition of total disability, which is the criteria that you have to meet in order to get Mm -hmm. LTD payments, changes. The majority of these policies that I deal with have one definition criteria for qualifying for LTD within the first two years of being on LTD and a different definition for total disability beyond the two-year mark. For the first two years, generally, it's can you do your own occupation? Can you do your own job, basically? Right I'm a lawyer. Can I do my job as right. a lawyer within the first two years? If the doctors are all saying that I cannot do it and I feel that I cannot do it, then I should qualify under my LTD policy if that is the criteria. Beyond the two year mark or that two year mark uh, transition, that line you have to cross, generally what happens is that the definition expands, yep. which means that it's no longer can you do your own job, it's can you do any job, any occupation for which you are suited for by training education or experience. So, no one's going to say to me, Sivan, after two years, uh, you know, you should be able to go and uh, deliver pizzas. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not what I have to fulfill as a criteria, right? Mm. The criteria changes. It's no longer can I be a lawyer, it's can I do anything for which I'm trained for. So, for example, can I go and teach, you know, courses on law? Well, yeah, I'm qualified for that. So, therefore, I can do that. So, therefore, I would not qualify for LDD. So, in this case, with this lady from Ottawa, uh, you know, she's under the impression that the insurance company doesn't have to pay her beyond the two-year mark, which is approaching this October. And that's not necessarily the case. We have to look at the policy. What's probably happening here is that the insurance company is saying, based on the medical information we have, we do not think that you will qualify under the new definition of total disability. And, And here's where I take issue with a lot of insurance companies. Many insurance companies make these unilateral decisions oftentimes without the benefit of even having their own doctors looking at the file, their own doctors examining the individual who's disabled, and simply say, we don't think you will qualify beyond the two-year mark, where oftentimes that is not the case. And what is really the case is that the adjuster, you know, needing to get this person off disability, because remember, insurance companies are in the business of making money, and one of the ways to do it is to get you to get off the policy, they'll cut you off. And people think, okay, well, I have no options. No, no, you have options. You have. That's why every time that somebody's told that they're going to get cut off at the two-year mark, well, almost every time, the insurance company tells them that and then sends them a letter. And that's the other thing here. This lady called us when she was told verbally that she's going to get cut off. Remember, when you're dealing with an adjuster and they're telling you you're going to get cut off, ask for that in writing. And for the reason for the cutoff in writing, we want to commit them to paper so we can challenge them on the rationale. And, you know, these claims are things that we deal with all the time. It's oftentimes very easy to resolve these kinds of disputes. It's just that it takes someone uh, like us to intervene, to be able to tell the insurance company and argue, no, 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 hold on for a second. If you cut this person off when you ought not to cut them off. We are going to start a legal claim against you. It's going to cost you a lot more down the road. So what does the insurance company do? They come to the table and want to settle the case. And that's how we operate, right? We basically level the playing field between this individual who's suffering from a disability and this big insurance company who is just trying to get rid of them because they essentially want to save money.
0: Lots more coming up. Your emails as well, uh, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The number is one It is the Insurance and Injury Law Show right here Talk Radio, AM 640. one 990 9646 Get a hold of Savannah anytime. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get through some emails a little later on in the show. If you want to find out what your pain and suffering should be, could be injurycalculator.ca. We'll delve a little deeper into that one in just a bit here as well. Some more cases, though, as we uh, continue some stuff that's uh, been through the firm recently. Yeah,
1: let's talk about another LTD mm-hmm. case. This one came through one of our websites that we'll mention. Uh, we've mentioned and we're going to talk about fightformyLtd.com. Yep. Uh, and here we have this lady who had contacted us through the website on behalf of her husband. And again, I want to put it to out there. You know, a lot of people who are listening are not going through this, but they may know someone who may need this help and this information. So please give this this, this information. Tell them about the websites. Have them call me or email me if they have any questions. There's no cost to it, okay? I, I'm, I'll be happy to assess the case, to give them information for free, just so that they know, just so they have peace of mind in terms of their legal options. So this is an LTD case, lady calling on behalf of her husband. He received a phone call from the insurance company adjuster after the insurance company's psychiatrist reviewed his medical file and concluded that her husband is or should be able to return back to work. Now, the individual, the disabled individual's own psychiatrist says, no, he is not ready to go back to work. But here you have a psychiatrist hired by the insurance company giving an opinion that's contrary to the treating psychiatrist. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, this gentleman went on LTD back in 2011. We are in 2017. So clearly, he is beyond the two-year mark. So clearly, at some point, two years after he got on LTD, there was a determination made by the insurance company that he is totally disabled under the expanded criteria, right? Any occupation, he cannot do anything else for which he's trained uh, or is suited for or has education for. Now, to boot, guess what? He's also getting CPP disability. So in other words, the government recognizes that his disability is severe and prolonged. So now we have the insurance company who hired their own psychiatrist to review the medical file, and lo and behold, the psychiatrist for the insurance company, right, alone, right? No other doctors right. have given this opinion. Just the psychiatrist hired by the insurance company says this person can go back to work. Seems very suspicious to yeah, me, right? Yeah. Very suspicious. This gentleman is 56 years old. So we're talking about another nine years potentially worth of LTD payments. And, uh, you know, he's, he's making some some nice coin. He's making a lot of money. So the insurance company obviously doesn't want to pay all these hundreds of thousands of dollars to age 65. Mm-hmm they're taking a shot at trying to get them off the books. And one way to do it, and we see this quite often, is when the insurance company hires their own doctors. And again, I'm not saying that these doctors don't know what they're doing. I'm not saying that, you know, they're compromising their principles. All I'm saying is that, let's look at the optics here. This gentleman has been on LTD since 2011. CPP disability uh, has approved him, which is a tougher filter which is which is a tough filter there 's an argument as to whether it 's tougher or not, but it 's a tough filter it 's mm-hmm. a different filter, but it 's a tough filter uh, and his own psychiatrist all these years is saying he cannot go back to any job and suddenly, you have the psychiatrist at the insurance company hired to review his medical records. John the psychiatrist did not evaluate him, did not meet with him so as far as i 'm concerned, you know if they cut this person off. If they force him to go back to work and he's not ready, and of course, what do insurance companies do? They say, okay, we're going to start a return to work program. If you don't cooperate, we're going to cut you off. And people get panicked, right? How can I possibly go back to work? I'm not ready. My doctors are saying I'm not ready. They panic. Uh, No need to panic. Give me a call. Just like this lady did. She went on that website, fightformyltd.com and we can help. How do we help? Well, first of all, we're the ones who start dealing with the insurance company directly. It's no longer you. It's no longer your husband, your wife, your cousin, whoever it is. It's us. The insurance adjuster can't bully us because we understand the process. We understand what their limitations are. We also understand when to call a spade a spade, right? Ordinary people don't necessarily know when to do that. They see this huge, gigantic insurance company with billions of dollars, with an army of lawyers, and they assume that they can do whatever they want. No, they can't. And I'm not just talking, again, I've said this before, I'm not talking only as someone representing these disabled individuals and injured individuals. I'm talking as someone who defended insurance companies in the past. I worked for insurance companies. Insurance companies don't like these legal fights. They are expensive. It hits their bottom line. They want to get rid of these kinds of claims as soon as possible. So once me and my team get in the picture, it's no longer as profitable to them, right? Because not only do they know that they're going to have to pay my client, but then they also have to expend money on their lawyers. So, you know, don't be on your own. As soon as soon as you get any resistance from the insurance company, if you have an LTD claim or a family member or a friend, tell them to contact us. It's really not that difficult to navigate the system for us because this is all we do. So this lady did the right thing. She called us. She contacted us through that website. We're going to be able to help this couple. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the very least, he can start focusing on mm-hmm. getting better and not battling the insurance company.
0: one is that number. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And as Savan mentioned, fightformyltd.com. We'll get into that in just a little bit on the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk Radio, AM640 one is the number to get a hold of Savan. You want to go to injurycalculator.ca, the website, figure out what your pain and suffering portion of your claim should be. You can do that anytime. any time. Check it out. There's a button on the bottom if you want to contact Savan from there as well.
1: Well, John, let's talk about the injury calculator Mm -hmm. because here there is a case that uh, a gentleman that came through the injury calculator, he actually used the tool, and again, it's a fantastic tool. All it does is it gives you a starting point starting point of analysis, you got injured, you slipped and fell, like this gentleman I'm going to talk about in a second. You had a car accident, wasn't your fault. You want to know, if you start a legal claim, is it worth it? What can I I be looking at in terms of compensation for my pain and suffering? And remember, it's only for pain and suffering, as we will find out through this case right now. So let's talk about this. This gentleman had uh, a nasty slip and fall uh, back in January of this year. Uh, it, it was literally three houses down from from where he lives. Uh, slipped uh, on ice on the sidewalk and uh, uh, felt his left ankle break. Gosh. Called nine one one. The ambulance came. By the way, the ambulance attendants, the paramedics, almost slipped themselves right. when they were trying to get this. They had to actually spread uh, sand in the area uh, to be able to get access the location. Yeah, it was horrible. Anyways, taken to the hospital, given a lot of morphine, found out that he had a fracture in three places in his ankle. Um, Currently doing physio, going to go through an MRI soon, and um, a a, a, a repeat MRI, having a lot of pain in the ankle, and uh, taking wheel trans to to get from place to place. Now, her physiotherapist, sorry, his physiotherapist said that he'll have arthritis in his ankle for the rest of his life, which I have seen before, it's true. Uh, many ankle type of injuries. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon, but I've talked to quite a few of them uh, having done so many cases with ankle injuries. You know, these are horrible injuries because you can have uh, proper alignment of the bones. You can have resolution of the pain to an extent, but you are most likely going to have problems in that joint area for the rest of your life because you walk on your legs, right? So anyways, uh, in addition to that, by the way, there are some other issues with blood clots as a result of the injury. So, you know, etc. You're dealing with a 54-year-old person who's been in the same job for 26 years. And anyways, that person went to injury calculator and literally filled out the information. And it's actually the injury calculator is a, a click menu, right? So, so you're telling you the calculator, very simple. What's your age? Uh, wh- where did you slip and fall? Whose fault was it? In other words, somebody else's, not yours. What kind of injury did you suffer? Well, in this case, uh, it's a leg injury, an ankle injury, a fracture. The injury calculator came back and said, for your pain and suffering damages, assuming someone was negligent, which right. is the assumption here, because there was you know tons of ice on the area uh, on, on the sidewalk. Uh, the pain and suffering amount can vary anywhere from twenty-seven thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars for the ankle. I can tell you from my experience, liability issues aside, meaning forget about who's at fault. Yep. Just from a compensation standpoint, ankle injuries, fractures, generally pain and suffering is in the thirty dollars to $40,000 range. Mm-hmm. It can be less, it can be higher. It all depends on the complexity of the injury, the impact on the functionality of the individual. But here's what we need to, to keep in mind. Let's assume for a second, this person's injury, pain and suffering is worth $40,000. Let's say, okay, what about the impact on this person's ability to work? Right. What if that person has that kind of job uh, you know, for 26 years where that person was making $60,000 a year? And they're standing all day. Standing all day. Right. What if that person can't go back? What if they can go back, but they can't do overtime hours? Let's say they're losing, I don't know, know $10,000 a year because of overtime hours mm-hmm. they can't do now. Okay. 54 years old. Let's assume that person would have worked till age 65. By the way, most people nowadays work past 65. But let's oh, yeah. assume, be conservative, 65 years old. That's 11 years from now. 11 years at $10,000 loss per year. Do the math. It's $110,000. coin. Right? So you can have claims where the pain and suffering component is very small in comparison to the other damages. Right? You can have an ankle injury to a 35-year-old and potentially have an income loss claim of $300,000 into the future. And what about the physio expenses? What about all the other ancillary expenses? You know, I had a case uh, a couple of years ago, an ankle fracture. The person had to actually had to have home modifications because he wasn't able to walk in and out of his house because of the way the porch was, was right. uh, built. So he had to expend about $20,000. Well, that's an out-of-pocket expense. Cutting grass, shoveling
0: snow, it, oh, all that's, that stuff.
1: Exactly. So yeah. you can have a claim where the pain and suffering component is worth $40,000, 50000 $70,000. But all the other damages that flow from this injury could be worth hundreds, if not more, thousands of dollars. So again, go to injurycalculator.ca. It's a phenomenal tool. It allows you to at least get an idea of what kind of compensation you're looking at. And again, remember... Why the range? The, oh, the range... The, so first of all, remember that the calculator, the way, the way it worked, the way we created it is we've inputted uh, legal cases um, from throughout Canada that have been litigated and gone through the courts in the last um, know, few decades. And so what happens is in different parts of Canada, different people with the same injury have gone to court, and judges have provided different damages awards. So in a court in Toronto, perhaps for this kind of an injury, for this kind of an indi- individual, the judge said it's worth $40,000. Right. In, in British Columbia, in Vancouver, for example, the judge there said, no, it's $35,000 right. because there's no hard science. It's more of, of an art, Right. The system of law we have in Canada is called the common law system with the exception of Quebec, which means that, you know, you don't really have a chart to go to. You sort of have this idea. That's why whenever we're dealing with injuries and even between lawyers, when I negotiate with the insurance company with their lawyers, we're talking about an injury, for example, a hip fracture. We know that it's going to be anywhere between $75,000 to $120,000 for that hip fracture right. for the pain and suffering. So, you know, we'll settle for let's say $100,000 for pain and suffering. But that person who had that hip fracture may now need care for the rest of their life. So the claim may be worth six, seven, eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars Right, but the reason why you have this variance in awards is because there's no hard science. It's sort of this is what I'm saying. That's very technical. You have to go to the right lawyer who knows this area of law, right. who can advise
0: you. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is a good start. That's the phone number. Help at the insurance lawyer dot ca. And again. Injurycalculator.ca is what we've been speaking about for this segment. Check it out. And at the bottom, there's a uh, the button to contact Savan at that point as well. The Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 888 9646 is the number anytime. It is injurycalculator.ca. Find out what your pain and suffering could be. For your injury, and email, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to some of those emails here
1: in, uh, in just a bit. Another case you wanted to talk about first, though, Savannah. Yeah, there's another case. One last case I want to mention. It's, again, it's a long-term disability case, which is quite interesting. And uh, this one really, you know, struck a chord. So let me tell you what the facts are. You have this lady here. She's 40 years old. She's in sales. She was diagnosed with brain and spinal cancer in 2011. When she was stable enough, she went back to work. Only 95% of her cancer was able to be removed from her brain. She had an MRI back in 2016, and she was told that 5% of her cancer had been spreading again. Mm. Again, this is the information she's giving us. Uh, 2016, October, she, uh, she was told she's going to need more radiation and chemotherapy. So she's been off work since January of 2017. Uh, the cancer is, is spreading, not as aggressively, but it's still spreading. She's been seeing a psychologist, a behavioral therapist for her anxiety, and of course she has oncologists, etc. The insurance company, her LTD insurance company, and I will not name their name, is trying to force her back to work on October 18th. That's apparently when she's told that she's going to get cut off. Her doctors, as you can imagine, have not cleared her to go back to work. And, you know, this is a very sophisticated lady. She's making almost 200 grand a year. I mean, she's very, very sort of high up there. She understands, you know, what's going on here. And, you know, again, it always strikes me that I have people coming to me when they have objective disabilities, whether it's from cancer, arthritis, whatever, you know, the diagnosis is. But there are a lot of people out there who have other types of symptoms, whether it's memory loss or fibromyalgia, chronic pain, depression, phobias, you know, and and people think that you have to have cancer in order to qualify for something like long-term disability. You don't. The criteria, again, is what is set out <clears throat> Sorry, set out in the policy. Can you do your own job? Can you do any job for which you're suited for? Do you have doctors or other treatment providers, whether those are psychologists, behavioral therapists, physiotherapists, whoever it is, are they supporting you being off work at this point in time? If you have all the support behind you, and if you feel that you cannot go back to work, then you have a case against the LTD insurer. And don't let them push you around. Don't let them bully you. Okay. Don't let them. Give me a call. Email me. At the very least, understand and learn your options. How you choose to proceed is your, um, it's your business. It's your business. It's, it's your spouse's business. It's your family's business. My business is to tell you what your options are. That's all we do here. And it costs you nothing to call me or to email me or to talk to some of my team members.
0: One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is that number or help at the insurance lawyer.ca we we'll got an email from Richard says uh, I'm 52 I have a very uh, have very bad arthritis in my knees I've worked in a factory a standing job all my life and recently my condition got worse I applied to long term disability and was denied because they say that uh, my employer is just not accommodating me and that's not their problem is that true
1: well no it's, it's uh that's not true at all, and you know it's interesting how we have again, um, within the disability uh, context, employment, employment issues are intertwined, yep. and I keep saying, you know it's so good that we have both employment lawyers and disability lawyers at the firm that work hand in hand making sure that we protect uh, our clients from every angle. Uh, so Richard, let me ask your question uh, let me let me let me answer your question and, and break it down really. first of all. Uh, If you applied for LTD uh, and you had medical support saying you cannot do your job at this point, you should qualify. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with accommodation unless unless your doctor in their note or their report says you can do your job if, for example, they give you a chair or if they do so and so. Then it becomes a little bit more tricky. And that's when I would get one of our employment lawyers involved and Uh see, well, okay, whose problem is it really? So that's how I can see the insurance company having some merit to their argument if, in fact, your own doctor is saying, yes, Richard is able to go back to work if the employer does X, Y, and Z for that employee. But the majority of cases that I see, that's not the case, right? What happens is that the insurance company tries to punt it off to the employer and say, the employer is responsible. So, you know, and the employer, you know, comes out and says, well, hold on for a second. Here's the job. It's not about the accommodation. It's about the fact that this person can't do this job at this point and we will keep their job open for them. But for now, that person needs to be off work. So you know, my response, Richard, is that from the information that you've given us in the email, I think it's the insurance company's problem. I would want to see the medical reports that you've submitted to the insurance company. Perhaps we would need some clarification from the doctors. But if, in fact, you cannot do your job because of your disability at this point, and you're saying you have bad arthritis in your knees, uh, and it's a standing job that you have, well, then the insurance company should be paying you, and it's not going to be difficult to resolve. Trust me on this. It will not be difficult to resolve so long as we have the right medical reports to press the insurance company to pay.
0: Start with a phone call, Richard, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Help at the help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, fightformyltd.com. We'll talk about that as soon as we get back right here at the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM 640. one at the 9646 help at theinsurancelawyer.ca uh, through email. Let's talk about this, uh, fightformyltd.com. Great website. has been up, I guess, probably for
1: a couple of years now, right? Yeah, it's, it's been up for a while. And again, you saw from one of the cases that we had described earlier uh, it's it's quite commonly used. It's not a complicated website. It's no. a very simple website. It really has two parts to it. One is an informational part. You go on it, it's going to give you some information about some myths that people uh, you know think are true about LTD. It's going to talk to you about some tips on how to enhance and make sure that your LTD claims are accepted and a whole bunch of other information. But on the other side of the screen, the right side of the screen, you'll see that uh, there is a small questionnaire. It literally has just a few questions, very basic questions about your individual case. It'll take you literally 15 seconds, 20 seconds to input the information, click on Submit, and then I get that email, and I'll tell you if you have a case or if you don't have a case. You don't have to meet with me. You don't have to come to the office. You don't have to call. All you have to do is just type the answers to those few basic questions, and I'll be able to tell you Uh, pretty accurately if you have a case or not, or I'll tell you if I need some more information. But you'll get the process started. And again, you do it from the comfort of of your home or from your mobile device, you know, you don't have to call or come to the office. You just want to get this information quickly, and that's what this website is designed to do. Fight for my ltd
0: dot is the number. So, what happens if you uh, if you apply to CPP disability before and after
1: you settle your LTD claim? It's all very confusing. Ah, that's that's very good, uh, very good question. So, CPP disability. Many people on LTD get letters and calls from their insurance adjusters. Mm-hmm. Case managers telling them you need to apply for CPP disability. We talked about this quite a few times on the show. Why are LTD insurers so interested in you getting CPP disability? Well, yeah. because your insurance policy likely has a provision in there that says that if you apply for CPP disability and you get qualified for it yeah. and you start getting payments, then the insurance company gets a deduction for that. Reduces their overhead. Reduce, right? you got it. So, simple example you're supposed to be getting three grand a month from your LTD insurer. You applied for CPP disability, you got approved, you're now getting a thousand bucks from CPP disability. Well, you're not getting a thousand plus the three from your insurance company. Wish. Exactly. The LTD gets a credit. So you're still getting the $3,000. But there are benefits, obviously, for having CPP disability because obviously you can argue well, how can your insurance company say that I should be cut off if the government approved me? That's number one. Number two, in the event you do get cut off or denied LTD, It's another income stream that you're getting from the government while we fight the insurance company, which, by the way, does not take a long time. We resolve these cases fairly quickly. But the question is, what happens if you apply for CPP disability uh, and uh, you settle your LTD claim? Well, this does happen, right? So we have an LTD claim for you because the insurance company cuts you off. In the meantime, you're still getting CPP disability, Up until now, the insurance company has been getting a credit every month that you've been getting CPPD. Well, let's say that we just resolved your claim, John, for $200,000 with your LTD insurance company, okay? So you're going to get a check for whatever that amount is, let's say $200,000. Yeah, but you're still getting the CPP disability. So do you continue to get that until age 65 and potentially beyond? Or do you have to remit any of that to the insurance company? Well, here's the beauty of it. Once you enter into a lump sum settlement with the insurance company, okay, assuming there are no provisions in the settlement that allow them to deduct mm-hmm. any future amounts, right? you've now just cut the umbilical cord, meaning you get the check for your settlement from the insurance company right. and you continue to get the monthly CPP disability payments for so long as you qualify. Okay. Oh. So you need to understand that that's very beneficial, obviously, because if you were to continue LTD payments for the next 10 years, as an example, well, the LTD insurer for the next 10 years is entitled to get a deduction for your CPP disability payments. You'd think they would work that
0: into a lump sum, you know, knock off 50 grand or whatever it would be based on the fact that you could be on CPP for that amount for the next 10 that's years. That's part as of well. the negotiation. That's uh-huh. a very good
1: point, John. That's part of the negotiations. In fact, when I go to a negotiation, a mediation, for example, with an LTD insurer, You know they have a tricky situation happening because if my client had not been approved yet, let's say my Mm -hmm. client just applied and has not yet been approved for CPP disability, the insurance company will often want to resolve the claim on a lump sum basis, taking into account a reduction for you getting CPP disability in the future. But as soon as they make that argument, then I turn around and say, hold on for a second. So what you're essentially saying is that if you want a credit for my client's future CPP disability payments, mm-hmm. you're acknowledging that my client is in fact disabled into the future because you've just asked for credit for those uh, right. payments. So you see, it goes back and forth. And this is where the art of negotiation uh, really comes into play and where it really helps to have been on the other side of the fence, defending insurance companies right. in the past. Is it tax-free? What is? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, your, uh, your, um, the lump sum set Yeah. yeah uh, so... You know, it, this is, again, a very good question. I get that probably weekly now. Um, if you have applied for long-term disability, they cut you off, you go to mediation, you're about to settle, are you going to get a check that is tax-free? Well, that depends. It depends on whether or not the premiums for the LTD coverage while you were working, whether you had paid them out of pocket. In other words, you had funded like the hundred deduction or whatever. Or did yep. your employer contribute anything? Right to the premiums. Because if your employer contributed any amount to the premiums for LTD, no, you're going to get taxed. And in fact, in a mediation setting or settlement situation with the insurance company, the insurance company is obligated to withhold a certain amount for taxes for past benefits. So just to give you an example here, let's say I have a client. Client was cut off LTD six months ago. We've now been in mediation today we've resolved the claim on the basis of the LTD insurer paying my client the past six months' worth of LTD plus another five years' worth of LTD. What the insurance, assuming the amounts that that the employer had contributed to premiums and there's tax consequences Mm -hmm. here, the insurance company will likely withhold what usually works out to approximately 30% of the past amount, okay, of whatever the uh, amount is for the last six months. That's another reason why we try to push these claims forward through the legal system as fast as we can, because even when you have these taxable amounts, you know if I just waited and we went to a mediation three years from now, suddenly there would be three years or three and a half years worth of retroactive times, yeah. that you got it exactly yeah. so that 's why i don 't think it's fair for the individual to just drag out their claim. I know a lot of lawyers do that because it 's to their benefit. Um, we're not going to get into that. But my point is, you want to move these claims quickly through the system, not the least of which because the person has no money and they actually need this money to survive. one is the number.
0: Injurycalculator.ca and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email as well. More of the Insurance Injury Law Show coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. We'll uh, get right back into it. With an email from Dennis it says: Last winter, I slipped on ice across from a shopping mall in their parking lot, and broke my left hip. I'm fifty nine years old, and I use a walker now. Can I get some compensation for help at home?
1: I was uh, also working part time and haven't gone back to work. Well, Dennis. First of all, I'm really sorry about uh, the injury. But you know, we actually just gave that example when we were talking about the injury calculator, yep. InjuryCalculator.ca. If you were to go on it and input the information that you've just given us, you'll see that the calculator will tell you that your pain and suffering, uh, assuming that there is fault on whoever was responsible for the area who didn't maintain mall it, whoever, right? Exactly, or contractors contract, or whoever. Yeah. You're looking at you know pain and suffering compensation of anywhere of around seventy seventy five thousand to one hundred and twenty thousand, so generally about ninety to one hundred thousand dollars on average just for your pain and suffering for your hip fracture. Now, what I don't know is whether you had surgery, whether it's metal hardware inside your hip and all that. But you, you say, mentioned help at home too. So exactly, yeah. So so help at home. So again, this is very common with these kinds of injuries. Uh, And this can take various forms. For example, uh, are you having a family member come home now and help you? Are you having friends helping you? If it's family members, those family members are entitled to advance their own derivative claims. Mm -hmm. In other words, secondary claims under the Family Law Act. Section 61 of the Family Law Act allows family members, a defined group, to get compensated for the type of services such as this where they're helping the individual who's been injured uh, because of someone's negligence. But you know, maybe you're having now a neighbor helping you uh, cut the grass, uh, do the snow, perhaps take you shopping. Well, right. maybe there is an IOU right system that you've worked out with your neighbor that you're going to pay them down the road. Or maybe you're shelling out the money now. Maybe you're shelling the money now on physio and, and those kinds of expenses. Who's paying for all that? Well, these are called special damages. These are pecuniary damages. And usually what I do is I tell my clients, keep a chart, whether because. it's on Excel, on a Word document, even... You know, pen and paper, pencil. Just make sure that you keep all the receipts, all the documentation, because we're going to be advancing these losses as against the people responsible for your injury. Now, you mentioned you were working part-time and you haven't gone back to work. Well, here you go. Now we have another pecuniary loss, right? Now we have another income loss component to your claim. Maybe you were earning $10,000 a year, right? Because you're working part-time, maybe home hardware, whatever. You can't do that. Well, we're going to have to tally up the losses long-term. We're going to have to see what the doctors are saying about your ability to return back to that part-time job or another type of job. You see, each one of these claims has a lot of components, and what's really important is to make sure that we don't miss any of these components. At the end of the day, everything is going to be subject to negotiation, and it comes down to what we can prove. Can we prove those losses? Can we show that you were earning X amount of dollars per year on your tax returns, for example, can we show that now you're not earning that? Can we show that you are now spending X amount of money on medications, on treatments, on service providers to help you? What happens, John, when you have a serious injury and a person now cannot live by themselves? Now they have to go into a home that costs right. three, four, five thousand $5,000 a month. Holy cow. Tally that up. Fifty, sixty grand a year just on that. Right. Oh, my God. You know, so you can understand how these claims are very, very serious, which is why I tell people, make sure you contact me ASAP if this kind of thing happens so I can tell you at the beginning stages of your claim what you should be doing. Listen, if you don't want to pursue the claim after I talk to you, it's up to you. I'm not going to pressure you. We're busy enough at the firm. I'm just happy if you, if your family members, your friends, whoever's contact me, if they have the necessary information that they need, to make a proper and informed decision. And remember, you have two years, two years from the date of the incident to start a claim in Ontario. But again, I know in this case, he slipped and fall outside the parking lot, but I don't know if it was on a sidewalk. It's Sidewalks, city property, yeah. city property, you have to notify the city clerk in writing of the slip and fall within 10 days yep. of this happening. You got to give them the particulars of where it happened, when it happened, and they'll be in touch with you.
0: And uh, especially in Dennis's case, always take pictures because this is ice and 100%. ice melts. It might not be
1: there a week later, two days later. You know, so many cases turn on people's testimony, yeah. right? Because I can guarantee you that the contractor that was hired to maintain the area here is going to say, we did our job. We did it because they don't want to get you know, sued. They're going to try and really cover their tracks. And I've had situations when I was a defense lawyer where I've seen contractors actually go back in time and recreate some records. Right, I mean that's that's really illegal. That's but really I've, I've seen that happen because people, you know, they don't want to take the blame for anything. Yep. So, you know, a picture says a thousand words. You know, videos nowadays. Everyone's everyone got can a cell do. Phone. You got it exactly. Yep. And if you can't do it, get someone to go there. Tell them exactly where it is. Make sure that they take as many photos as possible of the area. It, it could it could you know win or lose the case for you.
0: Until next time, a lot of information there. It's easy to uh, follow up with Savan. The number is one 990 You'll want to drop an email. That is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And we talked about it a couple times uh, throughout the show today, a couple tools. One, injurycalculator.ca. Find out what your pain and suffering for your injury should be. And fightformyltd.com. Both those very simple, just moments to use, and contact Savan at the bottom of each of those. If you uh, feel like carrying through. till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk Radio, AM 640.